In a season when college basketball blue bloods have struggled and given way to new powers like Iowa and Ohio State, the only consistency is inconsistency. The ACC is almost guaranteed to not have a team on the one or two line. The Big Ten might have two one seeds, and the Big 12 could be the country's deepest conference. What a year. Will one tobacco road school burst the other's bubble? Does anyone in the country have a chance to take down Gonzaga or Baylor? And who might the slipper fit this year? Find out on this episode of Stone Cold Sports Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the 35th episode of Stone Cold Sports Talk. This edition, the college basketball bubble watch end of season preview, guys. Let's start off really quickly with an episode, a segment called Name That Seed. We're, essentially, we're going to go through nine teams across the country, across all the different conferences, whether or not they're going to be in the field, what their seed is going to be, or if they're not going to make the tournament at all. So, William, Taft, Luke, let's just go ahead and start with my school, North Carolina. What do y'all think about Carolina's chances in the tournament? Seed, will they make it? Yes, no. And if they do, what seed will they be? Yeah, I think that UNC is going to make it this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to be anything above a nine. They shouldn't. Um, losing to Marquette last night and not having a single top 25 win all season. But I think that they're going to – win some games late. I mean, they still have Florida State, Duke, um, and Syracuse, which considering it's ACC, those aren't very easy games. But I think that the Heels, um, hopefully they'll play in the ACC tournament and they'll do well there like they usually do. And I think they'll end up making the tournament, maybe be on the bubble watch a little bit, but I have them at about a 10 or 11 seed. Um, I think that they would be a very, very scary 10 to 11 seed and definitely one that you would not want to face. Um, I think that they can make a deep run in the tournament. If they were to make it, they're strictly based off their front court. We're seeing Dayron Sharp kind of come into his own and still have Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks there. So this team still has plenty of talent, and I know that it's probably too late to say that they're going to put it all together. Um but they still show flashes of potential. And I think that for me, they're probably a nine, eight to nine seed kind of on that um, cusp. And it obviously depends on the results down the road here uh, as we end ACC play, but I think that they're going to take some momentum into the ACC tournament and they're going to end up making March Madness. It's weird. I think this team's name brand is almost a little bit too strong for them to make it as you know we saw Oregon the year they won the Pac-12 out of nowhere make it as a 12 seed and make the Sweet 16. I don't know if Carolina is going to have the luxury of being able to kind of be that power 5-11 seed that gets in because their name is so big and I think that as a result of that their upcoming games um, against Florida State if they get blown out that could knock them out of the field and then I think really uh, the Florida State game has to be close for them to remain in the field of 68 heading into the ACC tournament. Um, and losses against Syracuse or Duke with coupled with a couple good results for teams on the outside looking in right now, I would not be stunned to see Carolina get bounced, but I don't think they're going to make it as a 10 or 11. I think they have to make it as an eight or a nine. And then anything outside of that, you know, it's a, a team like Richmond, for example, that's going to be a lot more attractive to the committee because it seems like their resume will end up probably being just as strong or a lot stronger, which is weird to say, but 
that, you know, the middle of the pack in the Atlantic 10 is in some ways just as appealing as the, the, I don't want to say the trash of the ACC, not to offend the Boston colleges of the world, but um, you never know. Uh, I think Carolina will make it as an eight or a nine, but I think their margin for error is a lot smaller because this was a team that what two weeks ago we were talking about as a five, six seed, maybe three weeks ago. Um, once they made it back into the picture, made it back into the top 25, the potential really was there, but then the bottom just kind of fell out after the loss to UVA last month and then a loss to Marquette, obviously getting games on the schedule was really hard at this point in February for getting COVID postponements, but losing to a big 10 team by double digits is uh, not helping their case for sure. So I think eight or nine seed or they're going to be totally out. I'm going to go ahead and say, actually, they end up being out of the field by the time the ACC tournament said and done. Yeah, this one hurts. Carolina, it, it, it pains to watch them because so we go to Charlottesville Y'all pretty, it's a 12 point game. It's like close, but every UVA game's close. The game was like, if you watched it, we had no shot. Um, we'd go from there to, I think we went there to Northeastern, played pretty well, hosted Louisville, beat them by 45 on Saturday. And then we go lose to 10 and 12 Marquette out of the Big East last night in the Smith Center by double digits. It makes no sense. I, I don't know if it's, pessimism of my own school because they're they've thrown my emotions around all season but I actually don't think we're going to make the tournament after last night uh because like Stone mentioned we are hosting Florida State on Saturday and UVA fans are very aware of what Florida State can do to somebody uh beat them by 35 a couple weeks ago they're good at Uh, basketball they beat us by seven in Tallahassee earlier in the season um and frankly I kind of thought that was an anomaly at the time We've got them, and we've got Duke left on the schedule, and Duke hasn't had the best season, but since Jalen Johnson left, they are, or without him, they're 6-0, and um, and they're playing really well. So I, we, in all honesty, there's a decent chance we lose two out of our next three games, and I forget who's in the middle because I'm not even, I don't even know. It doesn't even really matter with the other two. Um, so I'm going to actually go ahead and say we're not even going to make the tournament, period. That's kind of really negative because uh, <laughs> on the, I guess Luke said it, but it's just, it's a weird team to follow this year. We're so young, but we um, just can't find any consistency. Moving across. Oh, to- some, some words on the Stone Cold Sports pod I thought I would never hear out of Jay. It's, I mean, we go literally beat Louisville 99 pre- to, we beat Louisville 99 to 54 on Saturday and then lose to Marquette. We live in, the, in unprecedented times, Taft. We do. In the we same do. building. It was ridiculous. All right, so moving down eight miles down Tobacco Road, Duke. Uh, they haven't had so – their whole complete season, I guess we could say, is not up to their standard for sure, and it's certainly been up and down too, but recently they've been playing really well. Uh, Taft, what do you think of Duke's chances to make the tournament? Well, Duke, like UNC, have just had really inexplicable moments of their season. And if you look to their ACC schedule, they won their first three, then they lost their next three, won two straight, lost three straight, and now they've won their last four since Jalen Johnson has um, opted out of the season. I think Duke's looking good right now. I mean, they beat UVA. Sorry, William. Sorry, Luke. But they had a big win against the Hoos. Um, 
last week, and I think Duke is looking up, and I do think that they're going to win the next Tobacco Road Rivalry showdown just because usually that game always seems to go one and one on the season, um, give or take a few seasons. But I think that if Duke can win out, Louisville, Georgia Tech, UNC, I think all are very likely. I think that they will be putting themselves in a good spot to be right on that first four in, and I think that they're going to sn- – backdoor cover sneak them what sneak their way into um the ncaa field yeah i hate to i hate to agree with you because i hate duke and i absolutely detested watching their game against unc or uva um i think that the pieces are coming together for them in a weird sort of way without their best player who was averaging or would have probably ended the season averaging a double-double. So without Jalen Johnson, Matthew Hurt is stepping up. He's probably a ACC player of the year candidate behind Justin Champagny. Um, And then Mark Williams, the center out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and Norfolk Academy, the pride of Norfolk Academy is um, starting to show his stuff. And he posted a double-double last game. So I think that it does pain me to to say this and to admit that Duke is is on the rise, and I think that they are going to be a threat, of course, coming into the tournament, and they're going to be a lower seed than they probably should be, uh, like Carolina. So I can definitely see them getting on the bubble and then being in the first four in for sure, like Taft said. I think Duke makes a tournament as well in the – thing that I think bodes really well for them is their remaining schedule and then who they could potentially draw in the ACC tournament. So remaining on Duke's schedule, we know they have a game against Carolina and let's see who else. They also play uh, Louisville this weekend. And that's actually, I think that those are their final two games in conference play. Um, now with regard to the rest of the ACC, Virginia, I'm pretty sure has to basically lose out or they have to go one and one in their last two games and Virginia tech has to go undefeated or two and one against some pretty tough competition, not to be a two seed. Um, but if there is a scenario where Duke is the seven in the ACC and they win against their first round game against like a Notre Dame or Boston college, which I hope goes without saying. And then after that, the competition gets much better for them. They could play Virginia or Virginia tech, but honestly, I like Duke's chances to be either those two schools. So with winning, with winning the rest of their regular season games um, and then going into the ACC tournament, I think that, honestly, if they beat someone in the quarterfinals who's of Virginia, Virginia Tech stature, they're probably going to get into the tournament without even thinking about it. And once they make it, I'm going to say, I think Duke could actually leapfrog and end up being a, a seven or eight seed here. I think that is pretty high for them, but with the competition they have left on their schedule, if their other tournament teams on there or the teams that are in the right quadrants on whatever weird metrics the committee uses to decide who goes where in the field. I think Duke could end up being a seven or eight by the time it's all said and done. I really like the way they're trending. I hate Duke, just like William and Taft and we all know Jay. Um, But I think they'll make the tournament and I, in a way, like their chances better than Carolina because the things I've seen from Duke in the last week are a heck of a lot more encouraging going into a grueling ACC tournament than what I've seen from Carolina. So I think Duke makes it seven or eight seed. If I had to commit, I'd probably say uh, eight. This pains me as much as anything I'm going to say all week, even more than what I just said, but I actually think Duke will make it in over Carolina. Um, Stone, you mentioned it. Their schedule bodes pretty well. I mean, Carolina, 
it's a bubble. Like it's not a great win. It's not a UVA Florida state win, but it can also help knock another bubble team out of the scenario. If they can, I'm not saying that one win is, or that one loss for Carolina is going to knock us out, but certainly that would look very favorably on Duke. Um, if they had a win over Carolina at the end of the year, and then if they can maybe pull an upset over a Virginia tech top three, uh, ACC school, in the ACC tournament, that'll help them. I think they'll be – they may be a 10, if we're being honest. Uh, I don't know, because this last week they were essentially not even in the bubble discussion, so they're just getting back into it. Um, so I would say Duke is a 10 seed. But then a team that models inconsistency very similarly to North Carolina, two of these people in this call – go to this school, Virginia. They have been so hot and then so cold recently. They lost to NC State last night. They lost to Duke on Saturday. They whooped Carolina uh, two weeks ago. So I, I guess we'll start with one of these guys. Let's go, Luke. Where do you think your school ends up in the NCAA tournament field? In the spirit of our founder, Thomas Jefferson, I, uh, I almost wrote an airing of grievances similar to the Declaration of Independence that I was going to give to Tony Bennett about how he needs to free us from the tyranny of watching Kihei Cart play ACC basketball. Now, here was the text that I have from William Smith last night. We legitimately suck, and I could not agree more. Jay, you said it at the top of the show. This has been on Bo Watts' Twitter feed. It's one of his best tweets of all time. The only consistent thing in my life is inconsistency. And the only consistent thing in this team's life is inconsistency. There are games they come out and they look like a, the national championship team from 2019 where the defense is firing on all cylinders. The offense is uh, creating open looks. Sam Hauser looks like he's basically DeAndre Hunter 2.0 and you think all is going well. We haven't seen those games in, since like December against Towson, but um, that's beside the point. The weird thing about the trajectory of this team right now, and I know this is named the seed, but I'm just going to use this as my chance to rant about Virginia basketball for the next uh, foreseeable future. The thing about this team that is concerning is last year, there was a mid-January slump with this team. The defense had it figured out, but the offense was just bad. It was like one of the 10 side taking eight threes a game or something weird like that. But eventually by this time in February, the offense figured it out. The problem is it is late February this game is on a three-game losing streak, and they are making new mistakes, which is never good in college basketball. In December and January, they finally had seemed to figure out the defense. Sam Hauser was finding his place. Trey Murphy um, and Reese Beekman, two other newcomers, were playing, were logging heavy minutes, and they were figuring out how to play the pack line defense. And uh, the offense was, the offense was never really the problem. Now it's the opposite, where it seems like all of these newcomers can play the defense, but no one can find open looks on offense. Kihei Clark is taking seven footers to the rack against Duke. He's getting a switch. Jay Huff is being guarded by Jamie Goldwire, who's a great defender, but you're Jay Huff. You're basically taco fall size where you just kind of reach up and you put the ball in the basket. And Kihei's like, nah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to freaking take Wendell Moore to the rack because that's like it's a great idea in the last minutes of the game. Um, we're not going to turn this into a Kihei rant. That being said, I think this team will end up being a six seed by the time it's all said and done. I am not encouraged by the direction of things right now. And I think that a splitting their last two regular season games with Louisville and Miami one and one the winning against Miami is basically just okay thank God the sky isn't falling that's the equivalent of what that victory would mean I mean Georgia Tech 30 ball them on Saturday that doesn't happen in the ACC um, and then we're probably going to lose to Louisville after they get their stuff back together following a four-week COVID pause or whatever 
And then I think we'll probably lose to Duke or whoever we end up playing in the ACC quarterfinals. And at that point, I don't know what this team will have done in the last month to warrant being a top five seed. Um, not liking the direction here, I would say getting out of the first weekend. Let's see, who does Lenardi have UVA playing after the first round? All right, we're playing Winthrop, who's going to be an automatic qualifier. We all know that's going to be a barn burner because it's going to be first of 55 wins because this team is unwatchable. And then, yes, we're going to lose to Texas Tech in a potential uh, NCAA championship rematch of 2019. No faith in this team whatsoever. Maybe William can have a more positive spin on things. Not a fan. Taft, we'll break up the UVA hatred. What are you thinking here? Well, I'm going to be a little more positive than Spoon. Um, but I do think he's right in saying that UVA is just not going in the right direction towards the end of the season. I mean, they've lost their last three. Um, their last two games were to Duke and State, who just haven't looked that great this season. And they lost to State by seven. They lost to Duke by only one. So I think that there are some bright spots in the recent games, but obviously UVA is not playing like a four seed. And I think that, which is what Lenardi had them in his last bracketology. I think they're going to drop to about a six. I think Tony Bennett will um, get his boys settled down a little bit and they'll finish the season off um, better than they've looked in the last week or so. So I have them as a six seed. <clears throat> Mr. Stone, I share your sadness um you and i have <sighs> grieved together especially last night when i wasn't even able to watch the game because i had a discussion at eight o'clock and something at seven o'clock thank you uva for the scheduling actually i should probably blame myself um kia clark should never touch the floor again i'm just kidding i actually i actually don't appreciate the kihei slander for the most part we have to consider what he did for this team, what he's done for this team over the past three years. Okay, maybe he thinks he has to do a little too much. That's a problem. He has plenty of help on the floor. Um, Trey Murphy should probably get more looks, and Sam Hauser is the go-to guy. Obviously not Kia Clark, who sometimes thinks he is the go-to guy, and we saw that against Duke in the last possession, which was probably one of the worst possessions I've ever seen. Um, and there was no timeout from Tony Bennett, so – I do want to take a second to talk about uh, Tony Bennett's coaching. Now I'm always been a huge believer in him, but sometimes I question this personnel a little bit, putting in Justin McCoy and Casey Marcel for about for five to 10 minute stretches when those guys can't generate any offense at all. Um, and Justin McCoy hasn't started a game since the first game of the season, I believe, and hasn't played any significant minutes. So you decided to put them in against Duke? I don't. I don't really understand that. Um, now I, I do believe in Tony Bennett, um, but I am really, really not in a um, optimistic position here. Following these three losses, especially the loss to State, which is really, really going to hurt. Losing to DJ Funderburk, um, Braxton gosh, Beverly. Braxton Beverly is the bane Braxton of my Braxton Beverly is basically he, Trevor Cooney 2.0. He and Merrick Dolajai are just, ugh. Oh, Syracuse could beat us right now. I mean, Georgia Tech, if Georgia Tech played us right now, they'd probably beat us by 20. 
even though we beat them twice this season, which I don't know how we did. If we played Boston um, College, I think we'd be four-point favorites. I think so, too. I, I think we'd – this team has not played well. It's not played well since Clemson, which was in maybe mid to late Jan- – no. Yeah, mid to late January. Yeah, I think mid-January. I think that's the last time I watched Virginia and was genuinely impressed. So – it's been that long. Um, I think that we will get into the tournament. We are still in the hunt for an ACC title, and hopefully we get wins over Louisville and Miami. Um, it's just not looking too promising right now, especially for a deep run in the tournament. And, yeah, you look at the bracketology, and we're probably going to see ourselves getting into a really, really tough matchup in the second round if we even get there. Uh, so I think we get into the tournament probably as a six or a seven seed. Um Hopefully there's some momentum from the ACC tournament, but if not, if we see a quick exit in the ACC tournament, this could be, this could be rough. It's just kind of a disappointing season after all the hype. I've still got UVA's performance against Carolina in my head. I think they'll end up being, I think they'll end up playing pretty well in the ACC tournament, probably get a five seed. Um, and they, they can always play with somebody because they're defense. Um, so Luke, I think you, your Kihei Clark, Clark slander is a little interesting. I think he's a little better than you give him credit for, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Let's hit these next, I believe it's six teams pretty quickly. Iowa, who's currently number nine in the country. What are y'all thinking seed-wise for Iowa? Dose. Love Luke Garza. I think they're really good. I think they'll end up being a two-seed by the time we end up getting through it. Now, the impressive thing is that the Big Ten – just that large, that conference, holy cow. Very, very loaded top to bottom. Guards is an elite player. Um, I think they'll be a two. They'll probably be the seven, the third or fourth best two seed and end up being with a Gonzaga or a Baylor. But I really like their chances to stay on that two line, especially if they have a strong Big Ten tournament performance. Because as we know, if you beat teams in the Big Ten, it's always going to help you seeding wise once we get to the end of it. And I don't know who's going to. I don't know who's going to beat them out for a two seed right now. I can't think of someone better. Yeah, um, Lenardi has them as a two in his last um, bracketology, and I don't see anything that makes me think otherwise. They've won their last four, um, and they're fourth in the Big Ten, which is pretty much the best, in my opinion, the best conference in college basketball, you might argue, with the Big 12. But Luka Garza and the Hawkeyes deserve that two seed, um, especially if they can beat – I mean, their next four games aren't are pretty tough. Michigan, Ohio State, and Wisconsin all in the top twenty-five. But if they can win one of those games, then beat Nebraska, um, I think they'll stay at that two line. I think, I think that Iowa is probably a three seed. Um, it obviously depends on where. I think that they'll probably drop one game maybe one or two games and that big 10 conference tournament is going to be really really fun to watch because there's so much parity in the big 10 and anything can happen i mean hell minnesota could make it all the way and i did pick minnesota versus illinois plus four and they lost by 31 at the barn so i won't be going back to the gophers but um back to iowa i think that this team is very very good i think that a two or a three seed is definitely in the question. They're definitely not in the one category anymore, um, but they can just score. I mean, flat out score. They don't play pretty much any defense. 
Uh, I remember watching the game against Carolina, and, I mean, they're just jacking up threes, scoring 90 to 100 points. Um, Garza runs up and down the floor. Weisskamp is one of the best shooting guards in the country. And Bo Hannon's in his, like, 10th year. Um, so this team kind of reminds me of Wisconsin 2014-2015. Um, you, got, you got Garza as Kaminsky. You got Sam Decker as Weisskamp. Um, this is a really, really scary team coming into the tournament, I think, and they're going to get hot. But I could definitely see them as a two or three. Can we play a brief trivia game where we say who's older, Demetri Trice or Ben Simmons? Demetri Trice. That's Wisconsin. Well done, William. It's almost like we relived that exact same trivia question watching the UVA Tech game in January. February? Thank you. Dang. I think Iowa, I think they're going to lose to Michigan, Ohio State on um, the next seven weeks. I think they'll end up being a three. What about Texas in the Big 12? They've had some – COVID issues, some team fighting issues the last couple, like uh, two games ago. So where, where do we think uh, with Shaka Smart's Texas Longhorns? To show you how good the Big 12 is this year, Texas has lost four of their last eight games, and they're still the 14th team in the nation, and they're probably going to move up after beating Kansas uh, two nights ago. Texas, I mean, they look really good, and they've proven themselves in the Big 12. I think that they're going to be a top four seed. It all depends where they finish up. I mean, they still play Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and then that Big 12 tournament's going to be nuts. So I think Texas will finish at around a three or four seed, and they're going to be scary in the tournament. Stone? I could see him dropping down to a five. Um, I really like Texas. I just think that there's so much overcrowding in the, uh, in the Big 12 that's very possible if they lose – two of their next three down the stretch to Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I think, one, it would make it plausible that Texas Tech moves up and past them and kind of maybe knocks them off of a uh, off of a three or four line. And then if, the, if it gets to the Big 12 tournament and it just kind of like Taft says is absolutely crazy and they lose to Kansas round one per se, which is um, the bracket I'm looking at right now has Kansas and Texas – uh, Kansas and Texas in that four or five matchup round one, I could see them dropping. And then with teams moving upwards elsewhere from six lines, for example, I mean, Lenardi has a team like Arkansas that just won um, against Alabama. And if they have a strong showing in a weak SEC, you know, making the, making the SEC tournament championship probably moves them up to a five line. Um, so I think Texas will be on a five or yeah, they'll probably be five for sure. They're not going to be a six, but um, I don't think, I think three or four is a bit too optimistic with the, stretch with the gauntlet they have to go through down the stretch but if they can run it and if they make it deep in the big 12 tournament it's not out of the question i just think they're going to sit right at five though luke stone actually just convinced me to put them at a five instead of a four uh they're gonna they've had some issues as of late as you mentioned taft and i just think the big 12 is just so oklahoma state's not ranked but they have the best player in the country so they're always a contender they've just got Baylor is really good. Kansas is really good. Texas Tech hasn't been playing well as of late, but they've got a phenomenal coach and Chris Beard and Mac McClung is maybe the best shooter in the Big 12, maybe. Um, he's really good, and he's actually pretty clutch, too. It's kind of surprising. Um, so I'll take Texas as a five. What about USC the, out in the Pac-12? Just really quickly, let's knock these out. I got USC – 
they should win the Pac-12. Um, I'm thinking four lines strictly because they're a Power Five conference champion. But you know who who really knows? What are y'all thinking? Random Pac-12 team, no one watches, wins its conference. There's no real objection to them. Four. Four. Upset watch. Alabama. What Three. Three. Alabama's looked really good until they lost um, last night. So I think that they're going to stay up there, um, probably win the SEC. They also Arkansas. Probably um, – Win the AC, SEC, not a given, though. I say they're three. They're a remake of the film Missouri or of the film pressing Missouri team that's going to lose. And I think that they're a really good three team. I think they're a really good three seed. They can either shoot themselves into the final four or shoot themselves out of the first round. Um, so I think they'll be. I don't think they can string enough wins together to win the SEC championship. I think they'll get upset by somebody in the semifinals. So I'll give me a three seed for Alabama. Uh, Tech, we just talked about Texas Tech. They're currently number 18 in the country. They've got really good talent. They got a really good coach, but they've been struggling recently. What are y'all thinking seed wise for the Red Raiders? I'm going to say they're a four. I think they'll move up. I think they're a five right now. Yeah, they're listed as a five in Lenardi's field right now. I say they become a four. No. Um, they could, with how Baylor looks against Iowa State, I think they could knock off Baylor in the regular season finale and make a little run in, in the uh, tournament and become a four seed. Yeah, I mean, book it, Chris. I, Beard. I do love Chris Beard, and they have that experience. Um, it's crazy to think that they were um, in the nas- the last national championship when they lost to UVA. It's just weird. It's going to be weird, like, trying to wrap your mind around March Madness just because we haven't had it in what will be two years once March rolls around. But Texas Tech has lost their last three. I mean, given that's the three good Big 12 teams, but I don't know if they deserve a spot in the top five. I think that um, they, they still have Texas and Baylor left in the season. I think that they'll finish at around a six, six seed. I'm going to take them as a five. Uh, I think they've got enough talent to win one or two Big 12 conference tournament games, but not too many more than that. And then Indiana is really like the Big Ten's Carolina Duke team. They're right on the bubble. They've beaten Iowa twice, um, but then they struggled against Michigan State last week. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I believe, has scored double figures in every game this season. He went for 34 on Saturday against Michigan State. What are y'all thinking for the Hoosiers, if, will they get in? And if they do, what seed do you think they'll be? This has nothing to do with it at all, but I think it does because of just how basketball and the basketball gods work. But the entire NCAA tournament is going to be in Indianapolis. I think Indiana is going to make the tournament, especially because they have the point to argue that their conference is just so stacked. Right now they're an 11 seed. They're on the bubble in the first four. I think that they're going to stay – um around that an 11 seed that could be the first four and that could be the next four in but i think indiana makes it i don't think so i think if they lose to michigan that sets that sends them in the wrong direction and then if they end up beating an uninspiring big 10 team in the first round or even i mean if they go one and done in the, in the big 10 tournament despite the indiana connection i don't like their chances of making it uh, I'm going to go Debbie Downing here. I don't think Indiana ends up making the final field. They're clinging to that play-in game status right now, and I think there are a lot of teams that can do 
a lot against a worse schedule, but I think that, I mean, the best strength for, or the, the best thing Indiana has going for it is how good the rest of the Big Ten is, and that's also its worst nightmare. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Stone. I don't think Indiana ends up making it. Segment two, everybody's favorite part about March is the potential for a Cinderella run. We've seen it with George Mason in 2006 and VCUs in the past and Loyola Chicago's and everywhere. That happens every year. Who are y'all's one or two potential Cinderella's that you can see right now? Obviously, this is before conference tournament champions are determined, so we don't know exactly who's going to be in the field. But as of February 25th, when this is recorded, who is your Cinderella dark horse to make a deep run in the tournament? I have VCU. Lenardi has them as an 11 seed right now. They're 17 and five and first in the Atlantic 10. Um, the Rams are looking good. They've won seven of their last eight. Uh, they have four players shooting above 30% from three. And as we know in March, if you can shoot from three, you're going to have a chance to be a Cinderella. Um, and the stars of that team are Vince Williams Jr., who's shooting 42% from behind the arc, and then Nashawn Highland, who averages nearly 20 points a game, and he's shooting 38% from three. So I think this is a team that could shoot themselves into maybe the Sweet 16. Um, there's a, It always seems that there's an 11 seed in March who just um, breaks everyone's brackets, and I think that that could be VCU this year. Sometimes you think Belmont is going to be the 11 seed that breaks everyone's brackets and they lose in the first round. Uh, I'm going to do double duty here. William has Western Kentucky number one in the Conference USA. Charles Bassey, um, does he average 18 and 12? That seems kind of crazy. Uh, then Tavion Hollingsworth, 13.9 points a game, can carry this team into March Madness, riding a six-game win streak and have only lost to then number 15 West Virginia by six, and they beat now number six Alabama 73 to 71 they can hang with the big dogs mine is drake they are first in the missouri valley currently 23 and 2 in the others receiving votes category of the ap top 25 uh, led in scoring by forward shaquan hemphill with 14 uh, points and six boards a game and they're from the missouri valley and three years ago i was high on loyola chicago because they beat florida earlier in the season and i am similarly high on drake they don't have a they don't have a signature win of that stature, but love a team from the Missouri Valley being the Cinderella in the tournament once again. And no, it's not going to be Loyola. Just ignore ignore their presence as like a nine seed in the tournament as well. Now that I think about it, I'm not sure if this actually technically counts as a Cinderella, but BYU gets so significantly overlooked because they're in the West Coast Conference and everybody's like, oh, Gonzaga is the only West Coast Conference team that's ever good and blah, blah, nobody else matters in that conference. But BYU is actually pretty good. Uh, they have three players who scored uh, average in double figures. Stone, here's a throwback for you. Former Purdue Boilermaker Matt Harms and his comb-over haircut averaged two blocks a game uh, for the Mormons over there. They've got four players shooting over 50%, and they beat uh, current-ranked San Diego State by 10, and they only lost to Gonzaga by 11 the last time. So give me – BYU as, I don't know if a seven seed counts as a Cinderella, but a dark horse to make a significant tournament run. Um, some game picks we've got as usual, but especially as we come down towards the end of the regular season, some exciting games uh, coming up this Saturday afternoon, evening, starting with number three, Michigan at the bubble watch Indiana team that we just talked about Taft. Who wins? Uh, and then maybe a short reason why. 
have Michigan. They've looked really good. I was very impressed by them in their win over Ohio State. So I think that the Wolverines will take this one. Also, Hunter Dickinson, he is unstoppable. Stone? I think Michigan will end up winning this one. I'm waiting for ESPN to load. Oh, wait, they don't have spreads up because it's so far in advance. Yeah, Michigan will probably cover whatever spread they have because Indiana will be overinflated by virtue of playing at home. I agree. I got Michigan big. Florida State, number 11 at my North Carolina Tar Heels. What do y'all think? I think UNC wins it. They have some fire under their um, feet, and I think Coach Williams is going to motivate his guys to get the upset and put them back um, where they belong, which is in the NCAA tournament talk. I'm going to just – I'm going to zag here. I think Florida State wins. Very good team on the road. Don't like the way Carolina's trending. And I think it'll be close. It feels like one of those games Florida State wins by a weird score of like 65-62. But uh, I like the Knowles here, and I hate the Knowles. This is very hard. We talked about Carolina being the model of inconsistency. And so inconsistency would mean we played really poorly last night against Marquette, meaning we have a really good, strong performance coming on this weekend. So I'm going to take Carolina over Florida State. Uh, Number 14, Texas. At number 18, Texas Tech. Taff? I'm going to take Texas. Uh, They just beat Kansas. Texas Tech lost their last game. So I got the Longhorns. I like top 25 teams at home in general when I really, really like their coach. I'm going to take Texas Tech here. Can't really exactly say why, but, uh, you know, just one of those things. like Chris Beard more than I like Shaka, and I think Texas Tech is – more experienced and feels like they were more in control at the end of games than Texas has recently. Stone took the words out of my mouth. I got Texas Tech at home. Number five, Illinois at number 23, Wisconsin. Illinois lost their last game um, on Wednesday night, and I think that they're going to bounce back and get this win over top 25, Wisconsin. Yep, I agree. Kofi Cockburn, love him. I think Io to soon move for Illinois is actually going to get his third triple-double of the season in this game. So give me Illinois. Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State at number seven, Oklahoma. We got Bedlam on the basketball court. Taff, what are you thinking? Baylor is good. I think Kansas will keep it close, but I think that um, the Bearcats could finish the season undefeated. Wait, did we just both call – wait, the Bearcats? First of all, it was Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, but um, <laughs> jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, which game should I pick? I'll pick Oklahoma either way. I mean, it's, it's basically Ben Simmons versus the entire SEC in 2016. That's what I think of when I think of Kate Cunningham. So give me the uh, give me the Sooners. I got the Sooners also. And then maybe the best <laughs> game of the weekend, number two Baylor at number 17 Kansas in the fog. Who y'all thinking? Half to a Corso. Yeah, I got a little yeah. – I poured a senile Corso there. Um I think Oklahoma's going to win the game before, and then I got Baylor for this one. Baylor. Baylor's too good defensively to go. I don't don't think they're going to lose until they face Gonzaga in the national championship game. So give me Baylor. Moving on, final segment. We've got a last couple minutes. Facts or fake news. 
Michigan belongs in the same conversation now as Gonzaga and Baylor. At the beginning of the season, Gonzaga and Baylor were considered the two top teams, and then the rest of the field was kind of one as Michigan joined that top tier after their win over Ohio State last weekend. I think that's a fact. I mean, Michigan, um, I believe, is 16-1. and one. The only reason Baylor and Gonzaga um, set themselves apart from the Wolverines is that they're undefeated. So I th- I'll take – I'll say Michigan's up there too. I think that they're going to be – those three number one seeds in the tournament will make it to the Final Four, which, you know, won't happen because it's March. But You're a one-loss team in the best Power Five conference in basketball. Absolutely love the way Michigan's playing right now. I full 100% agree with you, Luke. I think they're um, – that is a fact. They belong in the same conversation. Something hits a little bit closer to home. An ACC team will not make the Elite Eight. I think this is way more possible than it sounds. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say fact. I don't know if I don't know how many ACC teams have made the Elite Eight recently because I would always argue with um, my former teacher Jerry Wickstead about the ACC, and he would always just go back to how we do in the tournament. Obviously, UVA won it in the last tournament, but I think that the ACC will not get a team to the elite eight if it's anybody it's florida state and i don't see it happening to reframe the question you're asking me if i think florida state can make the elite eight fake are, uh, are, are you saying that your school doesn't have a chance um i'm saying i'd be happy to make the sweet 16 at this point honestly the round of 32 to work for being really bleak about it uh yeah fact no acc is even the elite eight like florida state not enough to like them more than i like the top 10 right now which just seems like it's unstoppable unless they play each other and then it's also like they're playing games of the century uh no way no way an ACC team makes the elite eight I actually think Florida State will somehow make it just because they've got a lot of experience and they go 10 deep with Leonard Hamilton and the last time they actually had a tournament uh actually no, not the last time but remember they nobody even recognize that they made the Elite Eight in the 2018 tournament. They barely lost to Michigan that year, but they've always got experience. Um, and t- experience always plays a significant factor in March. I actually think Florida State will make the Elite Eight. Moving to the NFL news last week coming out of Indianapolis, will Carson Wentz make a Pro Bowl wearing an Indianapolis Colts uniform? No. Heck no. Carson Wentz, I don't know why Indianapolis wants him. He threw 15 touchdowns or 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions last year on the Eagles. He's not good. I know that people get confused when they see a trade like with Cam Newton last year. Oh, he's on a new team. He's going to be motivated. No, Carson Wentz is not good. The Colts are, though, but it doesn't mean he's going to make a Pro Bowl. Fake news. No further justification necessary. Taff said it all. I think the Colts will actually be a better team than they were last year, but it's not going to be because of Carson Wentz. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to develop into a Derrick Henry light version at running back. Uh, he's that kind of talented. So I think I don't, I'm going to say fake news on the Pro Bowl thing for Carson Wentz, but the Colts are going to be a really good team next year. And then the last question, the LA Lakers had their worst lo- loss of the season last night to the Utah Jazz, who were absolutely rolling through people in the NBA. So will the Lakers, I guess, fact or fake news, the Lakers will not come out of the Western Conference because of the Utah Jazz. Fake news. This is basically the Toronto Raptors in the DeRozan-Lowry era where you're like, oh, look, they're going to have a winning percentage in the 
you know, high 70s and low 80s at your whatever, you know, yeah, they're in the low 80s right now. Um, yeah, there'll be a one seed. Utah will be probably. Do I like Los Angeles, the Lakers less than I like the Jazz or the Clippers? No, they take both in a seven-game series. The Lakers are going to win the West and play Brooklyn. Eh, yeah, probably Brooklyn. Let's not forget that Anthony Davis didn't play last night um, and the Lakers lost the Jazz. However, the Jazz are legit. I mean, they are very good. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, they have a lot of guys. And I think that the Jazz have a shot at the West. The Lakers obviously are the favorites when Anthony Davis is healthy. But don't forget about the Clippers. I think that the Clippers and the Jazz combined have a better shot at um, making it out of the West than the Lakers do. So I'm going to say um, that the Lakers will not come out of the Western Conference. That's a fact. I'm going to say facts, too. Last night was really embarrassing for the Lakers. That is all for episode 36 of Stone Cold Sports Talk. I didn't have the opportunity at the top of the show to say, man, can't believe it's 36 episodes. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you next time.